We hope you enjoy this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. You can remain standing just for a moment, if you would. Remain standing, and uh, we'll pray and sit in just a minute. Man, Dunedin is a long way, isn't it? I don't know if it's a long way from places in New Zealand, but it's a long way from, the, from London at least. And uh, I had a really great flight lined up to be here. And uh, uh, quite late in the notice, they, uh, they, they emailed me to say, we're really sorry, we've had to cancel one of your flights, but we've rebooked you. You have 16 hours to waste in KL. And um, so I was okay, fine, it could handle that. And then got into Auckland and there's all sorts of delays, school holidays and all that stuff. And so anyway, finally ma- managed to come down to Christchurch, a little bit delayed, uh, but they had released the Dunedin flight. And uh, so it, it was about, I think, at seven o'clock, eight o'clock last night. And and uh, uh, the incredible Pastor Willie and Pastor Tico uh, drove me halfway down. So give these guys a big hand for being amazing. But greetings from the church in London and uh, life's going really good there. We're seeing great growth right now and pretty exciting. We have three campuses in London and uh, hopefully in the near future, uh, we'll be adding one or two more. And uh, we're just in a good season of growth. And so we're, we're really grateful for that. I just felt this morning, just to take a moment, uh, really just as I heard, you know, Willie is my friend, uh, he's your pastor, but um, I, what an incredible service leader, pastor you have. Do you know that? Uh, you know, Willie, just your ability to, to lead people and to bring security to people. I'm, I'm, I'm a guest in your house. I'm family because I'm part of Equippers. Uh, but I just, I love the security that is in this house. Do you feel that? And when the security, God is able to move. And so we just, we love you, Willie, and we love you, Desiree, and all that you're doing. Can we give your pastors a big hand this morning? And uh, I just want to read, I want to read two verses to you this morning before you take, take your seats. Philippians 4 verse 4. Philippians 4 verse 4 says this, Always be full of joy in the Lord, and I say it again, rejoice. Always be full of joy in the Lord, and I say it again, rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. To rejoice means we need to be in joy once again. Amen. Need to be in joy once again. Let me just read you one more verse. It's very short. 1 Thessalonians. I've got a slightly jet lag voice this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 says this. Pretty simple. It says, always be joyful. Would you read that with me? Everyone say, always be joyful. Let's say one more time. Say, always be joyful. I want to talk to you about joy this morning. Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And as believers in Jesus Christ, uh, it is our destiny and it is the will of God that we would live with an overflowing spirit of joyfulness. Come on, can I get an amen this morning? That's His will for our lives. And my prayer is this morning, uh, maybe you've come in this morning, maybe you're feeling joy, maybe you're not. Maybe you're facing a whole lot of challenges in your life. My prayer is that you would leave here with, with, with at least some of the keys of how to reestablish joy in your life. If you're not experiencing joy right now, I want to say that God has got better for you. And if you're experiencing joy, I want to say He's got another level of joy. I've been a, a believer for 33 years, and yet God is speaking to me about living with joy. 
And so it's possible to have been a Christian a long time and yet still not really understand the fullness of joy that God has. And so Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that You would just come and You would really minister to Your people. Lord, You love everyone in this room so much that You went to a cross for them and You gave Your life that they could live this life with joy. Joy that would overflow. Joy that would be their strength in the middle of difficult seasons. I thank You for people right now that are going through incredibly challenging times. Father, for our friends Austin and Brigida. And Lord, the challenge of all that they have walked through in this last season of time. But Father, I thank You that You have never left them nor forsaken them. But God, right now there is joy even in the midst of incredible trial. Come on, I wonder this morning before we get into the Word of God, you wouldn't mind just lifting your hands in His presence. Come on, if you need joy this morning. If you say, that's me, my life is, I've lost some of the joy that I used to have. Or maybe you feel joyful, but you say, you know what, I want another level of joy. I'm not content with what I'm experiencing right now, but I wanna, I wanna experience the overflowing joy that comes from you. Heavenly Father, across this room, I pray that by your wonderful Spirit, you would not only bring the anointing of joy, the oil of joy, but God, you would give us some real keys this morning to leave this place that we would establish our lives in joy. We love you, Lord. We bless you this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Give your neighbor a high five. And as you do so, you can take your seat. I wonder if I, these monitors could go up, Mr. Sandman. That would be great. That would be helpful. Very good. Very good. Well, I woke up this morning to some joyful news. Are there any football fans in the house? Any football fans? Come on. I work, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, World Cup is on right now. I know probably it's not very interesting uh, to, uh, to a rugby-loving nation, uh, but we're passionate about football back home, and uh, you know we kind of we kind of laugh and we cry at the same time because it was 1966 since we've last won the World Cup, and uh, it's a it's a painful a painful statistic for us, and we're so desperate to win it. And uh, you know we started off this tournament with the youngest team in the whole tournament. And so the manager said, you know what, out with all these big names uh, who are unable to play as a team, and let's get a whole lot of young people that is not necessarily well known, but they will play for one another. And so I went to bed last night around about midnight, and I knew the game was starting around about three o'clock. And I woke up around about three o'clock, and I was tempted uh, to start thinking about football, but I thought, no, 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 that's a bad idea. And so I managed to go back to sleep, and uh, I woke up this morning, and uh, Monica was awake a little before me, and I, and I just said, hey, do you, I said, do you, I said, I'm going to check the score, do you know? And she said, I already do know. I said, is it good news or is it bad news? And she said, are you sure you want to know? And I said, yes, I want to know. And she said, we won 2-0. Yeah. So praise God, England are in the semifinals of the World Cup. Come on, I mean, there's, that's, you know, there's actually, a, you know, you've got to beat more than like four nations to win the Football World Cup. You, you actually got to play a couple of people. I'm only joking. So uh, anyway, that's what I'm going to be doing over Shaq this weekend. 
I want to talk to you about joy this morning. I felt like God started to speak to me about joy about three months ago. You know, uh, I, I'm a, I, I suppose in one sense of the word, I'm a mature believer. Uh, I've been a believer for a long time. Just been a long time doesn't make you mature, by the way. But there's a level of, ma- of maturity. There's a whole lot of levels to go. Um, but I, in, a, in a sense, I'm not a novice in this thing. But I went through a season of life where I just said to Monica, I, I feel like I'm not living with joy. Does anyone know what that feels like? I feel like there's, not, there's no joy in what I'm doing. And, and it's like God's using me and I'm functioning in the gifts that He's given me, but I feel like there's no joy. And, and to live without joy is one of the most miserable places to live with. You can have money, you can have wealth, you can have homes, you can have cars, you can have lifestyle, but if you don't have joy, all of it really means nothing. Amen? It means nothing. To, 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 to walk through life without the abundant joy that God has promised us with, I'm telling you, it's just no fun whatsoever. It's no fun. And this is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 14, verse 17. It says this, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So so the kingdom of God is righteousness. Righteousness is living with everything that God died for us for. So so that means that means you know, living with fullness of life. It means living with uh, restoration. It means living with faith. It means overcoming fear. It means getting rid of shame. That's the kingdom of God. But it's also peace and it's joy. So, so check this out. One third of the kingdom of God is joy. <laughs> a, th- a third of the kingdom of God is joy. So when joy is present, the kingdom of God is present. When we're experiencing joy, we're actually experiencing God's kingdom here on earth. That's why to be in joyful environments is is so important. Uh, Let me just give you a a couple of definitions. I want to give you a great definition. The first one is by John Piper. John Piper is just a a very well-known theologian. And uh, if John Piper has kind of, you know, researched it, you can kind of be confident that it's incredibly biblical. And, uh, And this is what he said. Hopefully it's going to come up behind me. It says, Christian joy is a good feeling produced by the Holy Spirit as He calls us to, us to see the beauty of Christ in the world and in the Word. I'm going to say that one more time. Christian joy is the good feeling or is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as He causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word, and in the world. Now, now you might want to take a little photo of that, or you might want to write that down, because, you know, I I did a three-week message on joy back home, and the more I preached on joy, the more I realized that this is a great definition. That joy is a feeling. Joy is a feeling. It's, It's more than happiness, but it's a feeling in our soul that is produced by the Holy Spirit. Joy is not produced by our circumstances. It is produced by the Holy Spirit. As we see Jesus in the world and in His Word. Have you ever opened your Bible and and you saw something that you've never seen before that reveals Jesus? It It releases joy. When you go, wow, I've never seen that before. 
Sometimes in life, uh, we, we may be out and about, we may be experiencing something, uh, we may be with friends, or we may be just, you know, doing life, and, and all of a sudden we see something of the nature of God revealed in the world, you watch, it releases joy. You with me? Just the other day, Monica and I were having dinner with some friends, and uh, we were having dinner with friends, and, and you know, we, were, we just got on to talking about, I guess, the things we're passionate about, which is God's house and, uh, and God's people. And Monica, my wife, is an absolutely unbelievable kids pastor. As, as Willie said, we have nearly 350 kids in church, and, and she's giving leadership to that. And she is determined not just to entertain our kids. She is absolutely determined to put the Word of God in them and to put something in them that will mean by the time, you know, they're, they're, big, they're big people. They're not learning the things of God. They already know the things of God. Do you know that children do not have a junior Holy Spirit? Did you realize that? They do not have a junior Holy Spirit. They have the same Holy Spirit that you and I do. And anyway, we, got, we started talking about our kids, and we started to talk about what we saw for our kids' ministry and, and what we see that God is doing. And we're just, you know, four people around a table having dinner, but we're getting excited about what Jesus is wanting to do in our children and in the children's ministry of our church, and even wider than that. And what happened was joy started to arise, why? Because whenever we recognize Christ in the middle of what we're doing, you watch it, joy will be there. Joy will be there. I like what somebody else wrote. This is another theologian. His name is S.D. Gordon. He says, joy is a distinctly Christian word and a Christian thing. Isn't that interesting? Joy is a distinctly Christian word and a Christian thing. It is the reverse of happiness. Happiness is the result of what happens of an agreeable sort. But joy has its springs deep down inside. And that spring never runs dry. Come on, can I get an amen? Happiness is what happens on the outside, but joy taps into a well from the Holy Spirit that never runs dry. Only Jesus gives that joy. He had joy singing its music even within, even under the shadow of the cross. So one day when Jesus was walking to the cross, about to experience what no man on earth would ever have to experience, not only the torment of the cross, not only the pain of the cross, but he experienced the overwhelming feeling of carrying the sin of the world upon his shoulder, of taking within his body every sickness that every one of us would ever experience. The Bible says that he did that with joy on the inside. Get your head around that. Get your head around that. There was a joyfulness in the Spirit of Jesus despite what He was going through. Come on, so many of us are looking for joy from our circumstances. Listen, our joy is not in our circumstances. Our joy is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Come on, the more we can recognize what Jesus is doing, you'll have joy. I've started to learn to open my eyes and, and look for Jesus in the world because when I see Jesus in the world, I find joy. Sometimes I think I'm just getting older and then I'm realizing, no, I'm understanding how God works better. 
Because sometimes I'll sit in my back garden and we are really blessed with an enormous back garden and it's just a beautiful, beautiful garden and it's huge and it's quiet. And sometimes I'll come out uh, before work, I'll sit down, I'll open my Bible and I'll just take a couple of moments enjoying the peacefulness of our garden and the tranquility that is there. And I think to myself, man, you're, you're getting old because uh, now like you're really enjoying your garden. But I'm realizing, I'm realizing it's not that I'm getting old. I'm just realizing in nature, Christ is present and that brings me joy. <laughs> Come on, if we can find Jesus in the world, we'll have joy. I, I dare to say that even in your workplace, if you look hard enough, you'll find the evidence of Christ. If, if you'll look hard enough, even in your dysfunctional family, somewhere you'll see the evidence of Jesus working and it'll bring you joy. Amen? Come on, we just gotta open our eyes and say, Jesus, show me what I can't see right now because I know you're working. I know you're working and I know you're present, amen? Let me, let me give you one more uh, um, quote. I love this. George Muller uh, was a, an amazing man who had a great passion uh, for children, especially orphans. And in the city of Bristol in the United Kingdom, um, several hundred years ago, he, this man was not only an evangelist, but he had a passion to look after orphans. And they reckon that in his lifetime that he would have taken care of over 10,000 orphans. 10,000 orphans. We're not, we're not talking in 21st century. <laughs> we're talking hundreds of years ago. Now listen to what he says. He says this, I saw more clearly that, uh, I, I beg your pardon, I saw more clearly than ever that the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend each day was to have my soul happy, or in other words, joyful in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord, but how I might get happy in my soul state and how my inner life may be nourished. I don't know about you, that is unbelievably challenging. He says, the first thing I think about now when I wake up in the morning is not how I must serve God, but it's how do I find joy in what I'm doing? Come on, when was the last time you got up before work or before college or whatever it is you do and say, before I hit the busyness of the day, I'm not gonna go through a ritual. I'm not gonna go through a discipline of having a devotion. I'm just gonna time, have time with Jesus and find my joy for the day. I'm gonna find my joy for the day. I'm gonna recognize this joy today. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our, the joy of the Lord is our, and if the enemy can rob us of our strength, he's gonna rob us of our ability to do what he's called us to do. So come on, how about in the morning getting up and being a little like George Muller and saying, God, before I pray about what I gotta do, I'm gonna find my place of joy in you. Come on, find your joy. In the, it doesn't take long to find joy. It doesn't take long to look around and discover there's joy all around you. You just gotta open your eyes to see it, amen. Now, let me say this. Do not confuse this unique joy with upbeat feelings. Christian joy is not the power of positive thinking. It is not bubbly, optimistic personalities. Joy is not being happy because life is going my way. 
Joy is not walking through this life with a glass half full attitude. Joy is a permanent possession while happiness is fleeting. Joy stays, happiness comes and goes, amen? Happiness is tied to our circumstances, but joy is not. So you can be happy for a moment, but happiness comes and goes. So, you know, I'm, I'm joking about the World Cup. And if on Sunday, uh, a week from today, if, if England win the World Cup, I tell you, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be, del- I will be happy. Man, we've been waiting a long time, my whole lifetime. I'm telling my kids, got four kids, and I'm saying to them, I'm saying to them, you know, it's going well right now, but you can understand, this is not what it feels like to be an England supporter. You gotta go through years of pain, years of pain to really experience the the happiness of England winning. Now, if England win next week, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be happy. But how many of you know that happiness is not gonna last? It's not gonna last, it's gonna float away. If somebody came up to me at the end of the service and gave me $100,000 and said, go and buy your ultimate sports car, how many of you know I'd be happy? I'd be so happy and I would drive it to church next week. Some of you would look at me a little judgingly, but I wouldn't care. I'd be happy. I'd be so happy. But how many of you know that's not joy? Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Just because something makes you happy doesn't mean it's joy. But joy is a deep, rich feeling in the soul that does not leave you. The only reason joy leaves us is because we have allowed the enemy to steal it from us. I don't know whether you normally come out to the service at night, but I really feel to speak on it. I wanna give you 10 things, and it will not take very long, but I wanna give you 10 things that will steal your joy. See, the enemy is a thief, and he wants to steal it. And, and if we know how he's gonna try and steal it, we can erect some defenses to stop him from taking what is ours. Now, just to put your mind at ease, we've got to get a flight to Auckland tonight, so I promise you I can't go over time and it won't be long. But I just want to give you some thoughts about how we can make sure we're not robbed of joy, amen? All right, I want to give you three things this morning. Let's talk about three things around joy. Number one is God wants us to overflow with joy. God wants us to overflow with joy. With joy. I tell you, I've done seasons in my life when I have felt like joy is present and seasons when I have felt like joy is absent. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm determined. I'm determined to live a life that is not just uh, joy is somewhere in the mix, but where I overflow with it. I really am. I'm determined to live a life. You see, here's the deal. I've got four kids and they're, they're looking to me at how I live life. They're looking at me. You know, I've got people at church that are looking at me at how we live life, but they, they only see me for a few moments in the week. My, my children are watching me every day. Every day they're watching, and, and, and it's like, is this message real? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and you know, the time's gonna come when they're gonna read that verse and they're gonna understand it for themselves. And the first people they're gonna look at is mum and dad and say, was that real in mum and dad's life? And so I'm determined, I, I, I wanna demonstrate to my kids the fullness of what it means to walk in the things of God. 
And, and so I want to I live a life that not just kind of, you know, has a little bit of joy in it. I want to live a life that overflows with joy. Overflows with joy. John 15, 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, and your joy will, everyone say it. Everybody say it. So God's joy is not a joy that's just enough. God's joy is a joy that is an overflowing joy. Wow. He wants us to have joy that overflows. Because if our joy overflows, it's going to impact people all around us. How many of you know what it's like to be around a person with joy that's overflowing? You feel joyful too. One of the greatest ways we can influence our workplaces, influence our families, influence the world in which we live is to live with the fullness of joy. Because if we have a joy that overflows, guess what? It's going to impact people all around us. Come on, your joy should never just be about you being happy. Well, I got joy deep down in my soul somewhere. I'm not going to let my face show it. I'm not going to let anybody else see it, but brother, I have joy. It is so deep, you just can't see it right now. No, 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 no. Joy is meant to overflow. Joy is meant to be seen. Joy is meant to be people are like, wow, what's up with that person? There's an overflow of something that's happening in their life. Listen, this is not thin Christianity. This is mature Christianity. When you can walk through a trial, when you can walk through the difficulties of life and still have overflowing joy, come on, you're growing up. If you only feel joy when life is going well, grow up. <laughs> come on, grow up. If we're gonna be believers, mature believers, we need to know how to walk in the joyfulness of God when life is not going well, amen. Just a... Uh, a little while ago, um, Monica and I had a couple of days and we decided that we would take our kids away camping. Are there any, any, anyone like camping here? We've got a, quite a few people who like camping. Um, I can't 100% say that I'm in the same boat as you. But we thought we'll, we'll do something different and, you know, take kids on an adventure. So we, we, we went camping for a couple of days and uh, it was fun except for, I don't know whether you have them the same way in New Zealand as you do in the UK, but you know, midges. Do you get midge bites here? You know what I'm talking about. Um, and, and insect bites. Anyway, so we set up and these, these insects decided to descend upon us en masse. And um, it was just really, really annoying. Really annoying. Anyway, after the second day, I was just getting so fed up of these insects. And uh, we had, you know, we were debating, do we camp longer than the two days? But the two days already felt like two weeks. And so we were, it was like, no, I think we're ready to go home. Anyway, uh, I got out, got out of bed on the second day and the insects descended. I was so fed up with them um, that I got in my car, closed the door and was having breakfast in the car. <laughs> and then 30 seconds later, the other car door opens and Monica gets in and she shuts the door and we're having breakfast. And so our four kids are outside playing. Why is it that kids are not bothered by these things? And the kids are playing, and uh, we had one of my nephews with us, so we had five kids, and um, they're all running around, and they're all having a great time. And so, you know, I'm sat inside the car, and I'm observing our kids, uh, you know, like the way you would if you were in a drive-thru safari. <laughs> You're safe, and they're out there in the world. <laughs> anyway... 
the, the, the kids are playing and they're having, a, they're having a great time. And Monica and I just started to really reflect upon what God was doing in each of our kids, just talking about it. So we started to say, wow, you know, it's really interesting. Caleb's now 11, about to be 12. And it's like, wow, you can, you know, you can see what God is doing in his life. You can, you can, you can see the, his personality and you, you can see the gifting and you can see what he's got upon him. And then, and then you know, just going through the different kids, what Joshua's happening and what's happening to Elsie, uh, the future prime minister of our country. Um, she's the prime minister of our home right now, but one day she hopes to be the prime minister of the nation. And, 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 and then there's, there's Ruby, who's our youngest. And, you know, and we're just talking and we're talking. And, and here's what I, I, I started to happen. I, I started to well up in my eyes started to get tearful in my eyes. And, and, and I wasn't tearful because I was sad. I was tearful because I was joyful, because I was starting to observe what Jesus was doing individually in the life of all our kids. Starting to get overwhelmed with joy. It's an amazing feeling to go, wow, I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm crying because I'm so happy. Anybody ever cry because you're so happy? <laughs> And, and, and it was the recognition of, wow, God, look what you're doing. Another time, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, I was on the way to New Zealand and I and, uh, got on the plane and uh, started to watch a movie called Eddie the Eagle. Who's seen Eddie the Eagle? One of my all-time favorite movies. And uh, just the celebration of someone who did not have a lot of talent, but did the best with what he did. And uh, anyway, if you know the movie Eddie the Eagle, he's just a young man who, you know, just not a great life and, and decides he's going to take up ski jumping, doesn't know what he's doing, uh, but is going to go for it anyway. Anyway, right at the end of the movie, he, he makes this amazing jump at, at the Olympics and it's really emotional. And then he flies home to Heathrow and his dad, who has only really spoken negatively to him, is there ready to meet him at the airport. And you think, oh no, what's his dad going to say? Because everyone's celebrating him. And and uh, as he meets his dad, his dad has a jumper on that's disguised with a coat. And he pulls the coat open. And there he has a jumper that's knitted. And it said, I'm Eddie's dad. And I'm on this plane. And I kid you not, I had tears. <laughs> tears running down my face. Now, I had just been upgraded to business class by a friend of mine. I, that helped to put me in a really happy mood. But I don't think it was that. I, I had tears of joy running down my face. And I thought, well, what was that all about? And it wasn't until I started to write this message that I realized anytime that Christ is present and anytime something of the nature of God is at work, joy is released. And really it's a picture of the Father God receiving this young man. And, and as something touched my spirit deeply and joy started to overwhelm me. Come on, I want to declare for your life, you might be a man here today. You might say, well, I don't cry. Uh, that's for the girls. No, come on. Joy, God wants to lead you to a place where you are overwhelmed with joy. Overwhelmed with joy. Pastor Bruce said to me recently, when was the last time you stood in praise and worship with your hands lifted up, with a tear running down your face because you are so overwhelmed at the goodness of God? Come on, that's a challenge, isn't it? Oh, I'm touched down below. No, no, no. God wants to have joy that overflows. He wants it to overflow in your life, amen? He wants to overflow. Here's the second thing I want to say this morning is, is number two, joy 
is found in God's presence, not in the absence of difficulties. God is, a joy is found in God's presence, not in the absence of difficulties. If, if, if you're waiting for your life to be free from difficulties before you're experiencing joy, I've got bad news for you this morning. You're gonna be waiting a long time. If you're waiting for your life to be perfect, if you're waiting for every situation in your life to work itself out that you're happy with before you experience joy, my friend, between now and eternity, you're not gonna experience much joy. You can experience joy right in the midst of what you're going through. Here's what Psalm 16 verse 11 says. It says, you will show me the path of life in the presence, sorry, in your presence is fullness of joy. Everybody say fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So, so here's what he says. It's in your presence is found fullness of joy. Whenever we're in the presence of God is fullness of joy. So you don't need to wait until your life is free from difficulties before you experience joy. God has joy for you right in the middle of what you're going through. In fact, one of the greatest witnesses that we have to the world is when we demonstrate joy in the midst of pain. When we, when, we, when, we, when we exhibit the characteristic of joy right in the midst of a life that is difficult. And so joy, if we go back to our first definition by John Piper, joy is what? Joy is a feeling of happiness in the soul that, that is what? Is established by the Holy Spirit. So if you wanna be a joyful person, one of the best things you can do is get into the presence of God often, often. Can I just say this to you? Uh, we get to worship together on a Sunday for, for 20 minutes, once a week, maybe, t maybe twice a week if you come out on a Sunday evening as well. But do you know what? You need more than that. You need more than that. If you are placing your whole Christian existence upon a 90-minute service on a Sunday morning, I'm telling you, you're gonna struggle for the rest of the week. But if we will take a moment to experience His joy through worship and through being in His presence every day, man, our lives will be radically different. Let, let me say this. <laughs> I hope you'll like this. Some of you may not. But I'm gonna say it anyway. Worshippers will always be the happiest people on the planet. People who know how to worship will always be happy. Why? Because people who know how to worship know how to tap into God's presence. If, you, if you're not a worshiper here this, here this morning, if you say, well, I, I, I worship, but, I, but th there's another level of expression, I wanna encourage you to go on the journey because that journey will lead you to more joy. Probably maybe heard my story before. I was brought up in a Baptist church. My father was the minister. Good church, solid church, but it wasn't until I left home and I, for the first time, started to explore other churches and I experienced people who knew how to worship God in a way that I did not know how to worship. I saw people lifting hands and I, and I saw people experiencing joy like I'd never seen before. And I went on a journey of saying, God, I, I don't get what they're doing, but they've got something that I don't have. And that journey of learning how to be a worshiper taps us into the presence of God that releases joy. Do you know you can have joy when you get up on a Monday morning? You can have joy when you're on the school run? Come on, mums. Yes and amen. 
Come on, you, you, you can have joy when the kids are all around your feet causing mayhem. You can. You can. You can have joy in the stressfulness of a work situation. Do you know often I'll come home from, from being at the office and, and I'll come home and Monica has already collected the kids and this is not an unusual uh, scene to walk home to. Uh, I will often walk in the door and the music is playing loud and there is my wife with four kids having a bit of a dance party. That's true, isn't it? That's not unusual, that's, it's kind of often. And I walk in the door and the kids, you know, they're just dancing and they're having a great time and the music's going and sometimes it's praise music and sometimes it's not. But what's she doing? She's creating an environment of joy in the midst of our home. Come on, our home should be the most joy-filled places on the planet, amen? If your home is not a joyful place, I wanna encourage you this morning, change it. Do something this week to change the atmosphere of your home. Bring the presence of God into your car. Bring it into your office. Bring it into your home. But for when the presence of God is there, joy will emerge, amen? Recently, we had Pastor John Fondano from the Philippines with us and he was talking to our team, and I, I love what he said. He said, he said if, if an environment in Manila, if one of their church environments is not filled with happiness and joy and laughter, he said, that's not Equipus Manila. <laughs> if, it's, if it's not filled with joy and laughter, that's not Equipus Manila. I thought, I like that. I like that. I don't know about in New Zealand, but in England, man, we, get, we just get boring so quickly. We do. It's like, oh, it's going to get serious, and oh, church is serious. And I thought, no, 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 church should be filled with joy and laughter. So I've just decided, Equipers London, if we don't have joy and we don't have laughter, it's not an Equipers London event. You can call it whatever you want, but it's not Equipers London. Amen. Come on, our homes should be filled with the joy of the Lord. Amen. And here's the final thing, number three, band could come. The third thing I wanna say about joy this morning is, is I've mentioned it already, but let me say it again. Number three, it is the Holy Spirit who produces joy, not human effort. It's the Holy Spirit that produces joy, not human effort. If you're here this morning and you're thinking, man, I'm gonna leave this place and I am gonna be so joyful, you watch. I just wanna encourage you, it's, it's, it's gotta be an overflow of what God is doing in your life not a discipline that you're gonna kind of uh, make happen. Have you noticed that the Bible sometimes tells us to do things that are impossible to do? Have you ever noticed that? The Bible says things like, be joyful. And you're like, man, I'm trying already, God. You know, be happy, I'm trying, God. Sometimes it makes these strong declarations of us. Do not worry. Man, I'm trying. Anyone notice that? And really, it's just teaching us that we can't do it by ourselves. We actually need God in the middle of it. And uh, I've just discovered, listen, when it comes to joy, I don't want you to go out of here, get in your car, put the music on and be like, oh, I'm going to make joy. Oh, I don't care what it takes. Oh, we're going to be joyful. How many of you know that does not work? That does not work. Joy, joy, joy does not come because you squeeze it out of life. Joy is a work of the Holy Spirit, amen? If we don't have joy, 
It just means that maybe we need a little more of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Galatians 2 verse 22 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Who produces joy? The Holy Spirit. Who produces joy? Come on, we, we just gotta create environments in our world where, where we allow the Holy Spirit to release something in our heart. Here's what I believe. I believe that for some of us, there are blockages to joy. I believe that every single one of us have access to a reservoir, to a great depth, a great pool of joy, but sometimes there are blockages that are stopping the joy getting through. That's what I wanna talk about tonight. I wanna give you some thoughts about how we can remove some of the blockages. There are, there, are, there are things that we put in place in our lives that actually cap joy. God's been speaking to me. He's been showing me areas in my life where I have been putting a cap on joy. And I want to say it's not an overnight thing, but over time, I'm slowly pulling the cap off the reservoir of joy because I want to walk in more of it. I want to walk in more of it. And so it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. The more we submit to the work of the Spirit, the greater our joy will be. That's not rocket science, is it? You didn't need me to come from London to tell you that. When we obey God, there is a release of joy. But when we disobey Him, the joy drives up. Come on, we just gotta learn to listen to what He's saying and trust Him. read you one more verse this morning, Habakkuk chapter 3. Habakkuk chapter 3 says this, it says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the oil or the olive fails, and the fields yield no fruit, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herds in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. I, I, I want to leave that thought with you this morning. That right, now, right now, though there may be areas of your life that are feeling barren, there may be areas of your life that are feeling dry, maybe situations that you are going through right now that you think, God, this is not fair. God, where are the, where's the answer to the things you promised me? Though there may be no money in the bank, though there may be sickness in the body, though there may be challenges all around you, I wonder if we could be like Habakkuk this morning and say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. This morning, if you feel like you've got nothing to be joyful for, let me remind you, you have joy in your salvation. 
that once upon a time, your destiny was a place called hell. Your destiny was a life without Jesus. But because of what He did for us, because of the cross, because of the price that He paid, today we get the freedom of living with Jesus. Today our sins have been washed away. Today we have access into the Holy of Holies. Today we have a Saviour who loves us and died for us and has created a wonderful life for us. And even if life doesn't look perfect right now, yet I will rejoice. Come on, give God a big shout of praise this morning. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.